Hey, well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, world. I am Reverend Adrian L. Robinson II, a.k.a. Rev. Rob, and this is Deeper in the Word, where we give you the real about Scripture with people who actually know and understand it so that you can better understand what certain things in the Bible mean, how they relate to your life and experience, and how you can apply something written so long ago to what you are going through right now. And today's episode, my friends, is entitled Holy Intoxication. Holy Intoxication. And with a title like Holy Intoxication, I know some of y'all out there are probably like, "Uh uh-oh, where is he going with this? (laughs) Well, our topic today is about the difference between being filled with the Spirit and being filled with inebriants. In other words, we're going to be discussing the difference between being drunk with alcohol and being drunk with the Holy Spirit. And somebody's like, drunk with the Holy Spirit? Is there even such a thing? Blasphemy! (laughs) Well, believe it or not, beloved saints, there is such a thing as being drunk with the Holy Spirit. And what's more, there's solid biblical precedents for this phenomenon. And we find it in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 to 13, a passage of scripture which describes what is known as the day of Pentecost. And in that passage of text, we see Jesus' apostles being filled with the Holy Spirit while celebrating the festival of Pentecost. And you can read what that's all about, the festival of Pentecost, in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 to 21. And the normal spoken language of the apostles is either Aramaic or Greek. But instead, these followers of Jesus in this passage of text begin to speak in several different languages that are recognized by Jews from different parts of the world who are gathered at Jerusalem for the Pentecost celebration. And some of those Jews in attendance are amazed at this display, as you would imagine. But then peep what the text says happened next. I'm right out of the text. Book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 13. It says, Others mocked them, saying, they are filled with new wine. So basically, some of the Jews saw what was going on and they were like, oh, these fools is tipsy out this piece. And this caused Peter to have to respond to this accusation by saying, look, in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 15, he says, these are people or these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. Peter was like, man, they ain't drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Y'all tripping. And when we really stop and think about it, ain't that a rather weird way to describe people being filled with the Holy Spirit by saying that they were drunk? I mean, think about it. When you think about a group of people being drunk, even across different cultures, the same scene comes to mind. And if you've ever been out at a club or a party, seen a bunch of drunk people, you know what I'm talking about. It's a pretty boisterous scene. 
people being loud, stumbling all over the place, acting all lightheaded, probably laughing, cracking up, just generally acting mad tipsy and clearly under the influence of something. And that's why to describe these people as being drunk sounds so crazy. Because making the accusation that these people were drunk doesn't quite paint a picture of men and women simply standing there speaking in other human languages. Y'all feel me? Because honestly, that's a pretty normal activity that would be happening, even though it was supernaturally given to them. But a group of people standing around speaking different languages, that don't mean that they're drunk. In other words, these people simply speaking in different languages doesn't really conjure up images of them stumbling around acting lightheaded and acting tipsy. So this description that's given in this passage of text tells us that the scene was far more unruly and tumultuous in scope when the influencing power of the Holy Spirit fell upon these people. Couldn't have just been them speaking other tongues. There had to be some other stuff going on for them to be described as being drunk. In other words, this scene is telling us that whenever men and women are filled with the Spirit, it's such an overpowering event that it's like they're drunk with the presence of God. And this intoxicating presence leads them to speak in other languages, proclaiming God's praises, and to engage in other activities which would fit the description of being drunk, like being tipsy or feeling lightheaded or falling over or laughing excessively, yada, yada, yada. Now, some of y'all might be thinking, okay, Rev Rob, you wilded. How'd you come up with that one, bruh? But again, this ain't something I came up with, y'all. This is biblical. The Apostle Paul also drew comparisons of being drunk with being spirit-filled. Look at what he told the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine in which there is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. He makes the exact same contrast, that of being filled with the Spirit and being, quote, drunk with wine. The comparison is meant to show how there is both strong connection and difference between being intoxicated with wine and being intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. Think about it. When alcohol enters our system, it leads us to do a number of things, like it lowers our inhibitions, it leads to fake friendliness, it leads to fake happiness, laughing at things, lowered body control. These things typically only bring us to bad places, though, because people do stupid stuff when they're drunk. Can we all admit to that? However, when the Spirit is filling us, it leads to many of those things like alcohol does, except it leads us in the opposite direction. Lowering of inhibition leads to boldness for Jesus, friendliness and supernatural joy, laughing at things because God has a really unique sense of humor, if y'all didn't know, and lowering your body control, an inherent quality of controlling substances. You ever seen people dance around in the church once the Holy Spirit descends upon the people, usually during praise and worship? Tell me that ain't lowered body control. And there really is a contextual purpose in making this contrast between the two. See, in ancient times, it was a pagan belief that God dwelt in the blood of the grape. So that in drinking wine, man was drinking God into himself. 
Drunkenness, therefore, was held to be a ritual in which a man was supposed to be under the control of the God who filled him. So when Paul was reminding the Christians of this in Ephesus, it was he was reminding them of this pagan belief. And then he pointed them to the true way of being God-possessed or spirit-filled. In other words, Paul was differentiating between being pagan God-filled and being spirit-filled. But what does that mean exactly to be, quote, spirit-filled? Well, we're going to explore that question in greater detail in our next segment. So come back and join us for that after we come back for the break. At Benevolent Faith Ministries, we're a virtual church with a real heart for God. Visit us on the web today at BenevolentFaithMinistries.org and learn more about becoming a member, participating in our giving partnerships, and learning how you can be the church without the need of any building. That's BenevolentFaithMinistries.org. Log on today. What's up, y'all? This is Rev Rob, and I'm inviting you to join us live for our weekly online services every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific. All you have to do is log on at benevolentfaithministries.online.church, and it'll take you directly to the live worship session. Now, if you get there a bit early before service is started, stay and enjoy the fellowship with us and others through the chat system. You can even participate live and chat with our hosts during and throughout the service as well as take notes and follow along in the Bible section we have available. And you can request prayer or even join Benevolent Faith Ministries itself. Remember, you can log on at benevolentfaithministries.online.church every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, and we can't wait for you to worship with us. Hey, welcome back to Deeper in the Word. As a reminder, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts, in the iTunes Store, and on iHeartRadio. Also, don't forget to email us at info at benevolentfaithministries.org to send us your questions and comments for the show. And remember, we want you to join us every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, for our online church services. Just go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church and create a screen nickname so you can chat along with us during the service. Come on out and fellowship with us. We have a really good time on Tuesday nights. Also, check out our YouTube channel. Just enter Benevolent Faith Ministries in that search box on YouTube and you can see all of our videos, including past Bible studies that you can still participate in, as well as videos of our online services and previously aired episodes of our TV show, Walk in the Word. But today, friends, today's show is entitled Holy Intoxication. Holy Intoxication, Batman. (laughs) And we're discussing the topic of being spirit-filled and contrasting that against being drunk or being filled with intoxicants. And in our last segment, we drew out a brief comparison between the two. But as we're discussing being spirit-filled, let's talk about what that means exactly. Being spirit-filled 
means being continually involved in the process of experiencing spiritual growth and maturity that can only be found and cultivated by the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit. See, by submitting to this process, we glorify Christ in all that we say and all that we do while being conformed to his image through the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling within and filling us continually. Now, that don't mean that we don't sin. We all do in some form or another. Some of y'all sin today. Shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) And sin can obstruct us being filled with the Spirit and affect our fruitfulness for God. Look at what Paul told the church at Thessalonica. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. Do not quench the Spirit. To quench means to extinguish. Meaning, by our own behavior, we can put out the fire for God in our hearts. Because that's what sin usually does. It gets in the way of what God wants to do in us and extinguishes our desire to burn for His will. But as believers, our remedy to that to reignite that fire for doing God's will is to maintain our obedience to him and to his written word. In other words, when you feel yourself slipping, falling, and can't get up, rest in peace to DMX. When you feel yourself slipping and falling and can't get up, you need to get back to obeying God and doing what his word tells us to do. And that's something that we need to do daily, y'all. It's a constant submission as we walk with the Lord in progressive sanctification. When we yield our wills to that of the Holy Spirit, we get filled for His glory and become empowered to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to everybody we see all over the world. Yielding. Don't miss that. That means God is in control, not you. Because being filled means relinquishing control. And it implies giving up management of your will and making room for him to occupy every part of your life and to guide you and to control you. So when we're filled with the Holy Spirit in this way, we'll do as Paul says to the church at Ephesus in chapter 5, verse 19 and 20, which is that we'll praise and worship the Lord in song and we'll overflow with thanksgiving to God. And will submit ourselves to other believers and become concerned for the needs of those around us. Because being filled with the Spirit is not about us getting more of Him. It's about Him getting more of us. How are you going to be filled with the Lord if you all in the way? You want to do what God wants to do through you. Not what you want to do and have God okay it. It don't work that way. That's not being filled. Being filled means that you completely give yourself up, Lord. Whatever you're trying to do through me, I accept it. I'm with it. And I acquiesce. I yield to that. And you have become filled with the Spirit and filled with the things of God where He's in control and you're empowered to do things His way for His glory. That makes sense? So y'all like, okay, that's cool. But what does that got to do with being drunk, homie? Well, remember, Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit is a person. And to be filled with Him means to allow Him 
to take full possession of our personalities. So, someone who lives the spirit-filled life exhibits certain definitive and easily noticeable characteristics. In other words, just as a drunken man, somebody who's tipsy and on one, can easily be recognized, so can a spirit-filled Christian be easily recognized. The same characteristics are true of both people in both instances. So then, of course, the question becomes, well, what are those characteristics? How exactly are the two alike? Because some of y'all out there is like, I still don't see it. Well, we're going to examine precisely what those characteristics are and compare and contrast being spirit-filled and being drunk. Because the characteristics you're going to see pretty much the same. They're just on opposite ends of the spectrum. Kind of like, what you mean, Rev? Well, come back after the break and find out what I mean. When it comes to giving, we know that some churches can exploit the process. That's why at Benevolent Faith Ministries, we believe in giving partnerships and not collection plates. Visit us on the web today at benevolentfaithministries.org and learn more about how you can tithe your money or your time with our charitable partners. Benevolent Faith Ministries, a virtual church with a real heart for God. What's up, friends? It's your man's Rev. Rob, and I am excited to cordially invite you to catch all new episodes of our television show, Walk in the Word with Benevolent Faith Ministries, which airs on the Daily Gospel Network every Wednesday afternoon at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 1.30 p.m. Central, 11.30 a.m. Pacific Time. That's also prime time for our friends in Africa and Europe. And y'all should know by now how we do This is not your typical ministry show. You can watch the show on Apple TV, Roku TV, and Amazon Fire TV, or you can just go to www.thedailygospelnetwork.tv and watch us there. Come on out and walk in the Word with us and learn the truth about God's Word, but in a fun and exciting new way. Amen? And we can't wait for you to join us. Welcome back to Deeper the Word, y'all. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and in that uh, search box, put at Benevolent Faith Ministries to like our page and support us. We want to shout out to everybody that follows us on Facebook. Thank y'all so much for y'all love and support. We love y'all. Also, don't forget, you can join us every Monday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern during our live prayer call line. If you can't make the live call, you can call the prayer playback line, which is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in order to hear what you may have missed. Also, people say, well, how do I join the prayer call line? How do I call the prayer playback line? Well, go to our Facebook page because it's posted right at the top. It's, It's a sticky that's right at the top. Amen? Friends, in today's episode, Holy Intoxication, we've been discussing the concept of being filled with the Spirit and how the way you act when you're filled with the Spirit is strikingly similar to how people act when they're filled with intoxicants, or rather, 
when they've been getting their drink on. Because as we've been hinting at, just like someone who lives a spirit-filled life, the person who lives the life of a drunk also exhibits definitive and easily noticeable behavior. For instance, a drunk person is possessed by an immense sense of well-being. You know how drunk people be all happy and upbeat, like they ain't got a care in the world? Well, that's the same way that a spirit-filled Christian acts. The spirit-filled Christian is exhilarated and exuberant, and the Greeks have a word for it. It's euphoria. Y'all have heard that word before, right? Euphoria means an immense sense of well-being. Remember the text we read earlier in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 12, uh, verse 15, I'm sorry. Those first Christians were accused of being drunk. So clearly they were acting exactly in this way. Furthermore, we see in Acts chapter 13, verse 52, that the early disciples were noted for their intense joy. Look at the text, Acts 13, verse 52. 52. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Coming into God's presence like that is always going to fill you with joy. It's going to make you seem happy without a care in the world. Ain't that how drunk people act? Also, a drunk person is recognized by his face. If you ever looked a drunk person in their face, then you know it's easy to tell that they're tipsy just by looking in their face. And it's the same way with a spirit-filled Christian. Their face, the, the spirit-filled Christian has a face that is shining. It's not darkened. Because being spirit-filled means having a certain radiance about us whenever the Lord's presence comes near us. That's how it was with Moses in the book of Exodus, chapter 34, verse 29. Remember that? And it came about when Moses was coming down from Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand as he was coming down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because of his speaking with him, him being God. See, remember in that text, Moses had to hide behind a rock when God walked by because he couldn't behold him, he couldn't look upon him. But when he came down from that mountain, they were like, Moses, you are absolutely glowing because that's what being in the presence of God does. Same way with Stephen. Book of Acts, chapter 6, verse 15. And all who were sitting in the council stared at him, and they saw his face, which was like the face of an angel. Same way with Jesus. Look at Luke, chapter 9, verse 29. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face became different, and his clothing became white and gleaming. So yeah. When the Spirit of God overtakes you, it's definitely going to give you a shine that would make armor all jealous. Here's another characteristic. A drunk person has a characteristic scent or fragrance about them. You know how you can smell when somebody's drunk? Smelling like a brewery or a cheap bar in the Old Town District? <laughs> well, so does a Christian. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. And walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for you or for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. See there? Our Lord Jesus Christ was like a holy incense before the Father and before the world. And we as his followers are and can be the same whenever we're filled with the Spirit. Because a Spirit-filled life is God's provision 
from making our lives beautiful, graceful, and gentle. Just like a flower, which has what? A sweet smelling aroma. When you're filled with the Spirit, it's a sweet smelling aroma to the nostrils of the Lord. Hallelujah. Here's another shared characteristic. A drunk person can be detected by the way that he walks. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Drunk people weevil and wobble, but they don't fall down when they walk. Or they might fall down. And they stagger, and they generally stumble around. Well, a follower of Christ is the same way. See, our walk, remember, it's the opposite. You can tell a follower of Christ that's spirit-filled by the way he walks. Our walk is in our manner of life. And according to Ephesians 5, verse 15, a drunk man's walk is careless, whereas the walk of the spirit-filled man is very careful and cautious. In other words, it's disciplined and consistent. The drunk person can't walk straight, but the spirit-filled Christian is empowered to live before God and the world in a way that is upright and honest in every respect. In other words, drunks stumble and stagger. But we, believers in Christ, walk that straight line. Ain't that what happens when a drunk driver gets pulled over? What does the cop make them do? Walk a straight line. And if they're really drunk, they can't do it, right? Exactly. We walk the straight line, the straight and narrow. That's what the life of a believer does, particularly when you're spirit-filled. You want another characteristic? Well, a drunk person is betrayed by the way he speaks. Slurred speech, an inability to form words, or if they do, it's foul words, bad words, cuss words. Yeah, though, those are earmarks of somebody who's on one, ain't it? But a spirit-filled Christian can be the same way, just in the opposite manner. A spirit-filled Christian will be very careful in the words that he uses and in the matters that he speaks about. And of course, a spirit-filled Christian will be a testifying Christian. So he's going to be speaking about the things of God. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 20. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. See that? So just like the slurred speech and you can't form words when you're drunk, the Christian speaks with clarity. And he uses great language in the matters that he speaks about. Remember, we're saying it's the exact opposite. Same characteristics, just in the opposite direction. Here's one last characteristic you'll recognize. Y'all all gonna know this one. A drunk person is known by the company that he keeps. Drunk people hang around other drunk people because they speak their language and they can relate to them. Ain't nothing worse than being sober and being around a whole bunch, whole bunch of drunk people, right? It's the same way with a spirit-filled Christian. The same way that a drunk will make their way quickly to the bar, the spirit-filled Christian, Christian will make their way quickly to any place where they can seek the fellowship of God's people, whether it's a church or a meeting or whatever. Look at how Acts chapter 4 verse 23 puts it. When they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported everything that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Y'all heard the saying, birds of a uh, feather flock together, right? Well, that's not in the Bible, but it's still just as applicable 
for believers. Saints of God, ask yourselves this. How can we become spirit-filled or possessed and controlled by the Holy Spirit? Again, just think of a drunk person. How do they become drunk? By drinking and drinking and drinking some more. In other words, by engaging in what makes and keeps them drunk. Well, for us, we need to engage in what makes and keeps us spirit-filled. Because the same way that drunks have a real thirst for alcohol, followers of Christ need to have a real thirst for the Spirit of God. Look at how Jesus put in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Friends, make sure that you thirst for the living water that God offers so that your intoxication remains holy. Amen? Hey, listen, thanks for joining us. Don't forget, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts in the iTunes Store, and on iHeartRadio. Also, don't forget, you can find us on the web at benevolentfaithministries.org. Log on now and learn more about our giving partnerships and how you can be the church without the need of any building. And also, don't forget, log on this every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern for our online church services at benevolentfaithministries.online.church. Amen. Hey, we'll catch y'all next time. Holla. Thank you.